you're you're taking the leap and trusting that God's going to take care of all of it. And so you'll you'll just never regret saying yes to God. He's got something really beautiful in store for you, and it might be incredibly hard, but in the end, it's going to bless you. And so, yeah. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. I'm here with Heather Fowler for her third and final podcast on foster care and adoption. She is going to wrap things up with a little bit more for the listener who is fostering or is considering fostering or someone who knows a family who is and would like to know of more ways that they might be able to help them. We're going to talk about meeting emotional needs of the children, of the parents. She's going to tell us about three ways we can meet those emotional needs. And then she's going to wrap up with some final words. One more thing before we hop in. I would like to know if there is any way that I can help you in your parenting journey. We've had a lot of wonderful guests on our podcast, and one of the things I'm wondering is, would you be interested in coming onto a Zoom meeting and meeting with any of the speakers and discussing, asking questions and discussing some of the things that they talked about or anything else? If so, let me know at laurie at kidsstrengthforlife.com, and I will leave that in the show notes. Let me know what you're thinking. Thanks, and let's hop in now. Let's talk a little bit about the emotional needs of the kids, the emotional needs of the parents. So when you bring a child in and you are nurturing them, Mm -hmm. what are some things that are really important? Number one, I would say we would all love. I think when you're stepping into this world, it can be really easy to be guarded and to feel like you're going to protect a part of your heart and hold back. Daniel and I would always say, you know, we're trusting a really big God. He's calling us to do this ministry. And we know that he cares so much for these kids. He also cares for us and he cares for our hearts. And so we can be fully surrendered to him in giving all of our heart over, even when we don't know the plan or what it's going to look like. But we can trust that he's going to take care of us too. And so we would always say, you know, if the child's going to leave our home and it's going to cause us a lot of grief, mm-hmm. well, guess what? That means we loved well. There's no regrets in that. And so that was kind of just the way we viewed it. But that would be my encouragement is just loving completely and fully. And that could be really hard too when kids are coming from hard places and being really difficult and acting out and those struggles that just don't seem to work themselves out, you know? By just doing what you need to do to, to honor the Lord and to love the kids, the kids that are coming well. So I would say meeting their needs. So kids that have come from trauma, you know, they've not had their needs met, whether that's not being fed or missing physical touch, or maybe there's been abusive situations. And so making sure that you're really in tune with their needs and being quick to meet those needs. And then being consistent is really huge. You're working on building trust. And so when there's consistency and kiddos know what to expect, they know what to expect in your reactions, in your emotions towards them, that's just going to create a a, a connection and a bond and a trust that is so important for their, Mm -hmm. for their growth. And so that's where those three would be the, the top three for us. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's really good for parents of bio kids. Yep. 
you know? I mean, that's yep. something that we all need to be keeping on our mind when we're caring for kids. Yeah, I mean, same thing too, you know, you, you bring in kids that have come from hard places and their trauma might like, okay, we might feel like we're making progress and we're connecting and building trust and bonding. And then here down the line, you're like, oh, we're off again, you know? Mm-hmm. And so being okay with the fact that we're, this is going to be for the long haul. <laughs> It's yeah, not sure. easy and it's hard work. And I mean, it's hard work parenting, as you said, some parenting in general, and then throw trauma and all of that on top of that. How do you get trained in how to deal with trauma, a child who's endured trauma? There's no. a lot of resources for that. My favorite book is The Connected Child. Yeah, we have dear friends who are trauma-based parent coaches. And so we've taken classes through them. We actually have been moving out here. So what we would put on our foster care summit, which is where our conference is, our speakers were from Texas, which is so hilarious. Oh. And when we moved out here, one of our speakers who does parent coaching and is phenomenal, speaks all over the country, they homeschool with us with the same homeschool program out here in Texas. And we didn't know when we, when we moved out here. I didn't even realize that they homeschooled. And so we're in the same circle now. And we actually have been using them to coach families from our church who are fostering or who have adopted and are in a hard season and just need tools. They need parenting tools, you know? So you have to seek it out and it's there. We had somebody on that went through Love and Logic. Were you familiar with Love and Logic? No. Okay. It was, I I really enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to the podcast with Nicole Radin. And okay. it was parenting the difficult child. Okay. Yeah, she used to work for Royal Family Ministries and oh yeah, and a lot of training. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's you know, is that part of Royal Family Kids Camp? They put on the yes. camp. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, all connected to foster care ministry and adoption and yeah. 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 She's not doing that now, but she was really good. It was a really good podcast. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, there's so many just practical tools. I've learned just through years of parenting our kids and taking classes as a mom with them, you know, of just being a mom that smiles at your kids and, mm. you know, how affirming that is for a child to come up and see a parent that's smiling and getting down low and getting at their eye level and not hovering over them with like authority all the time. But like, you know, especially when they've come from a place where they have lived in a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. To get down low and be at eye level and talk from that place, it's like so good. an authority over them, you know. So lots of lots of good tools. Just implementing them can be tricky, but yeah. How do you know? keep yourself from getting emotionally plugged in? It's yeah, hard. I mean, yeah. it's hard, and sometimes yeah. you fail. Oftentimes you fail. You know, it's like God's grace covers it, and you do your best, and then you mess up, and and you apologize. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. We just had Robbie Angle on with True Face, and he was saying that one of the best things you can do for your kids is to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and actually apologize when yep. you know you've yep. not loved them well. Yep. You're modeling what you're asking them to do. How are they going to learn that if they don't see it from you? Yep. I yeah. love that. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So when somebody is fostering, how often do they have a relationship with the bio parents? I've heard some horror stories to tell you the truth of <laughs> people fostering and being actually threatened by the bio parents. Yeah. And I, I don't know how common that is, but some people have good relationships and how does that work? Yeah. So when you're in the process of fostering, the judge actually sets the amount of time that the child gets visits with their parents. 
And so that's determined from a judge while you're in the process of fostering. So that could be as, as much as three days a week, four days a week to one day a week with a four hour visit. And that will be through the whole time until reunification or until they lose their parental rights. So either way. Post-adoption, that is totally up to the adoptive family to set the, the plan for that relationship going forward. And that's really a personal decision based off of all the circumstances. And I've seen it all different ways. I've seen where there's full relationship and it's fully open post-adoption to the other end where there's no open relationship up until maybe the kids are 18 and they want to choose that for themselves. So that one is really, you know, everyone's praying about that and uh-huh. figuring that, that path out and that plan out. There's no right or wrong way. We will hear, though, <laughs> having the, the relationship is the most important thing and to do whatever you can to make that happen. And at the same time, it's like that's not the best fit for a lot of people for all kinds of reasons. That could be safety issues. Mm-hmm. That could just be the way that God led them towards adoption. So really, that's just a personal decision. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you. Do you have any words for a person who is fostering right now, may not have a support organization in their community? What could you say to encourage them? What would you recommend for that person who's really overwhelmed and doesn't know where to turn? Yeah, I would definitely say don't go at it alone. Reach out to, even if it's, you know, just friends or family and let them know that you're having a rough time if you're needing more support. But I would say even reaching out to different churches and asking, even if it's not your own home church, we have people that will come to different churches for foster care community events or community groups because their church doesn't have something like that. So I would say to reach out to churches around you and see who does have something and then make the effort to join because you will be blessed to do it. Find where you can find that community. Most likely someone is doing it. And so even reaching out to the different private placement agencies and asking them, are you aware of any groups that are meeting any support groups? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wonderful advice. There's probably groups out there that people don't even mm-hmm. know about. Yeah. And- we have people that come to our church's community group that go to different churches, but they've heard, oh, this is happening here. And I want to mm-hmm. be a part of that. And so yeah. nothing wrong with joining a community group from a different church at all. Yeah. Connection is probably the most important, and then they can help you unravel what the issues are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're getting close to the end here. This has been such a good interview. I'm so grateful that you have (laughs) unfolded so much of this. It's just so beautiful. And I imagine there are people who are listening who are on the fence that might want to think about fostering. They haven't even gotten very far in even those thoughts. But what would you say to them? How would you encourage them in what avenues they might want to take to get more information? Yeah, I would, of course, first say to keep praying about it. Make sure that you and your spouse are both aligned. If you're not, then keep praying about it. And ask the Lord to align your heart towards that. The last thing you want to do is do this with a spouse that's not quite ready. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say if you feel that this is something that God has asked you to do, Take the jump and do it. You'll never regret saying yes to God. You won't. Mm-hmm. I think that there's so many unknowns in the world of foster care. So many. We haven't done the, the adoption only route, like an international adoption or private adoption, which I know have their own set of things. But the foster care route, there's so many unknowns and really every bit of it is out of your control. And mm-hmm. so I just think it's you're, you're taking the leap and trusting that God's going to 
take care of all of it. And so you'll, you'll just never regret saying yes to God. He's got something really beautiful in store for you. And it might be incredibly hard, but in the end, it's going to bless you. And so, yeah, we're very passionate about just, just say yes to him and just take the next step because trust that he's going to close the door if he doesn't let you walk through too. There's nothing wrong with taking a step. So just, just move forward and he's got you covered. Yeah. That's my advice. <laughs> so wonderful. I, I was picturing possibly that an answer might be just take, just take the next step about adoption. You'll find out more, but you're saying take the next step of trusting God. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a different thing than saying, oh yeah, if you're thinking about it, then you should find out more about it. But no, you're yep. saying thinking about it, you should talk to God and yep. lean into him. And really he will, he, his will will play out. Look at our story of we started going down a fully different path and he got us to this side of things that really was taking that first step. You know, he's going to work out the details. You can trust that he will do that for you. So, I mean, all of this is just about honoring the Lord and doing what he's asking you to. Honestly, Dan and I talk about all the time. We could have just chosen to not do this. We could have just chosen to have our family of five and mm-hmm. honestly probably have a more comfortable life not go through all the struggles of those five years and probably catch a lot more date nights and vacations that we did not have for five years, all those things, you know? And like, can you even imagine what we would have missed out on? It blows our minds when we think about it. If we would have just said no, we would have missed out on Everly and Eden being a part of our family and the gift that they are to us and the world and the fact that they know Jesus. Like, it's just so radical, you know? Yeah, I'm just like say yes to God because he cares so much about us. He has good plans for us. So that is just fabulous. When it comes to biological kids, I just think our kids learn so much through this process. And honestly, our kids are now, our three biological kids are adults now. And for the last many years, they've gotten to watch their mom and dad be parents. So, you know, (laughs) they got to experience those parenting, but then they got to watch us of like much younger siblings watch his parenting yes. and so so much that they got to learn about sacrifice sacrificing mom and dad like as a family we didn't get to do all of the things but you know people got to do and but the blessing was maybe different but probably greater and so I wouldn't be afraid of this with your biological kids either because God has put this in it for everybody they're going to be better parents because of their experience Oh, Heather, this has been fabulous. So oh, good. thanks, Lori. So thankful that you took time and came and shared your story. And I learned some things about your story that I did not know. So <laughs> that was a blessing to me, that's for sure. And for all the parents out there, I just love what Heather said about just trust God. Just mm-hmm. trust God. So Something good. too, I mean, just even if anyone's listening that runs the kid ministry or church. Something new that our church has just started is kids ministry for Wednesday night service is now available for foster and adoptive parents to drop their kids off to get to go on a date night. So that is like, honestly, like one of the most beautiful things to me that they're offering that. And I just thought like, that'd be worth mentioning, you know, things that they're just creative ideas of ways that you can support the families in your churches that are fostering. And, you know, families aren't getting these date nights. They can't really make that happen, especially when you kind of have to go through hoops sometimes to find child care for foster care placements. But mm-hmm. if you can be a support for the families in your church that are fostering, man, that will ripple out. And 
such a way to be on mission to the community around you as well. Like, come to this church, we'll support you, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. So good. What a good morning this has been. Thank you so much. And thank you for letting me share, Lori. Oh, it was I our just love that I dropped like down the street for you as well. I know. Oh, no, you played, you swam in her swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. Good memory for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you. And thank you to your husband for all the ministry work that you guys do. It's just yeah. wonderful. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> he is good. He is good. And I, we get to see it through people like you. All righty. Well, thanks. All right, and Lori, we'll thank you so much. Soon. Okay. Bye. That concludes our interview with Heather Fowler, and I hope you've gained some insight on fostering and maybe inspired to reach out to somebody who is, or maybe even foster yourself, a child who's very much in need. So next week, we are starting a new series, and I think this is one of my favorite topics. I'm just sort of saying that tongue-in-cheek, but it's going to be all about rest as we head into the Christmas season, probably the craziest, busiest season of the whole year, we are going to really look at what God says true rest is. So until next week, remember to rest in the Lord this week. Mm-hmm.